0: Chapter 3 Rescued Out of Prison The year is 1245. The graces for Count Felix de la Roque and his young wife Blanche. Everything tended to make their lives bright and happy, and grief, with careless kindness, seemed to pass them by. A beautiful home, tenants who looked up to them with admiration, respect and love, a loving child, and above all, the priceless treasure of a living faith. These were the gifts lavished by a bountiful providence upon this happy pair. The countess was the godchild of the illustrious Queen Blanche, and the count was devoted heart and soul to his king. In the education of the little Felix, his loving mother always took as a model her royal godmother, and many a time she would assure the boy that, "'Deeply as his death would grieve her "'and cast a gloom over their now happy home, "'she would far rather give him to God in his guileless innocence "'than see him live to stain "'and blacken his soul with sin. "'The poor regarded Lady Blanche as an angel. "'Her purse was ever open to relieve their wants, "'her aid was ever at their service in sickness, "'and the most repulsive malady "'did not deter her from hastening to their side. "'The rich admired her for her beauty and grace.' but still more for the bright example she set them. They sometimes tried to imitate it or resolved to walk in her footsteps at some future time. Count Felix was too a loyal subject and too good a Christian not to place his services and his purse at the disposal of the king. Even though the thought of him leaving to go on crusade made his noble wife desolate, far from seeking to change his resolution, she urged him on rather, and frequently, by her wise suggestions, aided her beloved husband, now a crusader, and a soldier of the cross. And then came the bitter hour of separation. After a most loving farewell, the count, noble knight that he was, followed by a numerous and chivalrous retinue, set out, full of high hopes and ardent resolves, with his king, St. Louis, of France on the seventh crusade, the same crusade in which St. Louis would eventually lose half of his army by disease and defeat, be taken himself prisoner and languishing for a time under the Saracen iron rule before he was ransomed himself and the remnant of his troops. The cross was heavy upon Count Felix on this crusade, as you will learn. He had borne himself all throughout that fateful seventh crusade with a bravery and heroism which scarce can be described. Our Lady's Knight, his soldier comrade styled him, for he never went upon the battlefield without specially recommending himself to Mary, wore a large silver medal next to his heart, and had a small picture of our Blessed Mother painted upon his shield. At last he fell, pierced by the lance of a Muslim chief, and was left upon the field for dead. Here the protecting care of the Queen of Heaven was first evinced. For when, later on, the cruel foe began to heap indignities on their lifeless victims, it was found that Felix still lived. The lance had glanced aside, turned from its course by the metal which lay next to his heart, and now his true misfortunes began. His captors dragged him to prison, thrust him into a dungeon, and tore from his bruised form whatever of value met their gaze. One of his most precious treasures was a rosary with a golden chain and ruby beads. The rubies had always reminded the pious count of the drops of blood which in the garden of Gethsemane ran trickling down from our agonized Lord, and the large ruby in the center of the crucifix of a drop of blood from his sacred heart. This they took, also a miniature of his wife, exquisitely painted and set in a frame of precious stones. The count seemed to have inspired his captors with a special hatred, for not another prisoner was treated with such unvarying cruelty. When the king sent to inquire as to his fate, and offered to ransom him regardless of the cost, he was invariably met with the assurance of his death, and the weary months dragged on. The foul air of his prison cell affected his health, and the work which he had led forth to do was too much for his strength. In hunger and thirst and much watching, beneath the burning rays of an Egyptian sun, this heroic soldier of the cross toiled on. Not a murmur escaped his lips. To the mocking and jeers of his tormentors, he uttered not a word. Our heroic knight was given assurances of his freedom and a happy meeting with his wife and child if he would but mock and scoff at our Lord Jesus Christ, which he always refused to do fearlessly meanwhile his beloved wife hoped against all odds and clung to the belief that her husband still lived on all her works of charity all her prayers tended to this one end she was very devoted to the holy souls and after praying for them or assisting at mass for their release she would beg them not to forget her dear husband who was now in prison whom she loved so well At times, when her courage started to falter, the saintly chaplain of the castle would bid her renew her prayers to the comfortess of the afflicted, who would surely protect her husband and watch over him in that far-off land. But the world awoke to the year 1251, and the fame of the new devotion resounded throughout the church. It penetrated to France, And Lady Blanche was among the first to have herself enrolled in the confraternity of the brown scapular, together with her child. She had the name of her husband inscribed therein, that he might have an additional claim on the protection of Mary, and her confidence was not misplaced. After a day upon which the ferocity of his tormentors vented its worst cruelty, Count Felix fell upon his knees, and with a fervent prayer to the Blessed Virgin and her Divine Son, and whose honor he had become a soldier of the cross, he resigned himself wholly into their sacred hands to live or to die. At that moment, a venerable man in the garb of a monk appeared before him, and placing a scapular around his neck, opened the prison door and bade him go in peace. He knew nothing more until he found himself in his home, his own dear home, thanks to the intercession of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and her devout client St Simon Stock